And then there was something fitsy about the Colonel Sanders. I don't really remember. Well, he just seems a little like there's something behind those glasses. And there is. He made chicken till the day he died. (laughs) Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Soul Soup. I'm Margo Sidlin, and you can find Soul Soup on Instagram at Soul Soup Pod, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're looking for even more from Soul Soup, you can find my blog, Soul Soup on Substack at soulsoup.substack.com. You may have noticed that the leaves are starting to turn, there's a chill in the air, and that means summer is ending, it is going to be back to school season. So for today's episode, I am bringing you a little back-to-school mini-series. This week and next episode, which will be in two weeks, I'm doing a little back-to-school deep dive. Those who know me know that for the first time ever in my life, I am not going back to school this year. So it might seem like an ironic time for me to produce a back-to-school series, but I am a lifelong learner, and I believe that we do so much learning and so much school, even when we're not a part of an educational institution. So to harness the spirit of lifelong learning and a commitment to becoming our best selves through that learning, I thought that a back-to-school series would be the perfect way to unlock our inner children and reconnect with a love of learning whether or not we are starting school again in August or September. For people who are going back to school this fall, I think this episode is a really fun one. My friend Isabel is back on the podcast to talk about icebreakers and how to make friends with new people, how to engage in social interactions when we start school. But I think that these icebreaker ideas are applicable beyond the classroom and are a really fun way to get to know new people or even to just learn some new things about people who are already in your life. I think this is a super fun episode and while we were recording I was thinking of a few people in my life who are starting brand new educational journeys whether that's starting undergrad for the first time, starting a master's for the first time, or going into their last semester of school ever. I have a lot of friends and family members who are beginning really exciting parts of their journeys and I just want to say to everyone who is entering the classroom or exiting the classroom like I am for the very first time, good luck this fall. I think it's going to be a good one. I hope that this episode and some of the icebreakers in it can help bring some fun, some play, some curiosity, and some learning to you this September. In two weeks, I will be back with the final episode of this back-to-school mini-series. And until then, I hope you enjoy listening to me and Isabel break the ice. Hi. (laughs) Welcome to the pod. Thank you. Okay. Right now, for the listeners, Izzo is shitting bricks because (laughs) I have refused to tell her what we were going to be gabbing about today. And I'm going to tell you. Okay. So it is August. Mm -hmm. Back to school season is imminent. Mm -hmm. And even though I'm not going back to school, I feel like the education journey does not stop. Mm And one thing that I feel like makes the people nervy about back to school is the new social interactions with new people. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. 
and meeting new people in classes, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought there was no better way to talk about breaking the ice than to have you on to talk about icebreakers. That's so good. (laughs) I was not expecting that. I am really good at icebreakers. You're really good at icebreakers and like famously and historically. (laughs) Um, Anyone who knows Izzo knows. No, it's a recent, a recent thing for you. Last year. Yeah. And I think that. That's actually hilarious. You chose this. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I was like, I have to have Izzo on the pod to talk about icebreakers at some point back to school. It's the time. So (laughs) even for people who aren't going back to school, it's still hard when you like meet new people. Like you go to a party, you meet new people. It can be like I keep icebreaker questions in my phone at all times because even last night we had a roomy wine night and there's like a moment of silence and I love asking people questions because I love being nosy and it's a great way to keep the conversation going even if you know the people for more than three to four years. Yes, exactly. And um and also okay, um this is a tangent but you'll appreciate. I was talking to I don't remember which friend probably Montserrat. I don't remember but somebody one of our friends asked somebody else some of the icebreakers that you love probably Montserrat is probably Montserrat and um regardless she she asked the person the icebreakers and they were like that doesn't tell you anything about anyone and I was like that's not true no that's not true at all because I see why I asked these questions exactly you'll remember um what when you and I once were like sitting um on campus and just gabbing and we're like who like what fruit would everybody be yeah. <laughs> and then carter came and we were like carter what fruit would you be and we were seeing the answer yeah well we said he was a banana yeah. and then he at first said something else and then we were like he we we're like try again like, you're actually wrong and then once everybody agreed that it was banana i don't actually remember if he volunteered that or if we bullied him into it but once because everybody agreed no, he's a banana. <laughs> and then once everyone was on the same page, I was like, that says so much about a person. I think so. Like, because that tells you, it, I don't know, it just tells you vibes. Like, it doesn't tell you facts. It doesn't tell you information. Yeah. But it tells you, like, what sort of energy people are bringing with well, them. Yesterday, I, after getting ice cream um, mm-hmm. with Kate and Lula, I was in the garden with them, like in a community garden. And then we started to sign each other flowers. And Cute. like, it was just so accurate because you're like, oh, of course you'd be that flower. Like, yeah wait what flower would you be oh a sunflower obviously obviously and see that's the thing so anybody who says that that doesn't tell you something you grow, about someone like, like a winter rose. a winter that's interesting yeah I think anyway I love icebreaker questions I think they're fun I think they're silly and I also think that um it's so easy to feel like when you're developing intimacy with someone the questions you ask have to be like you know, tell me about your childhood or like, what yeah. are your political opinions or like these kind of heavier, more intellectual or more emotional topics. But I feel like some of my favorite conversations I've had with people and some of the things that I feel most connected to people about are those like lighter things, mm-hmm. like these silly icebreaker questions. And I remember people's answers. Mm-hmm. I think part of my hope in this episode is just to talk about what it means to break the ice, to talk about um, the the importance of social connection and why it can be hard and scary, but Mm -hmm. also like why it's important to challenge ourselves to make those new connections and also to give people some actual icebreakers that they could ask. (laughs) Because literally how many times have you been a part 
of some like club or group or something and they need to start something with an icebreaker question and they're like does anybody know one and nobody yeah, does no they're awful usually yeah they're usually awful um so i thought it'd be fun to to give the people just some actual icebreakers to walk away with so that when back to school yeah. comes you're sitting down in class next to someone you can <laughs> ask them a very silly icebreaker and, and make a new like, friend that's an out-of-pocket question why did you ask me that and then you'd be like instant friendship yeah well because if somebody's like that was weird then you're like okay i don't want to hey, be your friend test, I don't like you. yeah and if somebody's like that's an excellent question follow-ups here's another question for you Ooh. besties yeah instant instant yeah um so i think why don't we maybe we should just like go back and forth between gabbing and asking icebreaker questions Ooh. so why don't you start with um body and blood because we okay. have to start with body and blood yeah why don't you mean- explain the question yeah and then we can talk about our answers and some of our friends notorious answers because we have <laughs> to share liz's answer because i think about that all the time and just before when i was saying that icebreaker questions tell you so much about someone yeah. to me this is the prime example of that <laughs> yeah okay well i've i didn't come up with the question of what's your body and what's your blood i heard it from somewhere back in December and I was like that is a brilliant question because I thought started thinking what would be in the church of Isabel what would be my body and what would be my blood much like how there's the catholic wafer and the uh as the body of Christ and then the wine is the blood of Christ I was like that's such a weird thing for it to be the body and blood of Christ but I was like that would be hilarious if you if you had your own body and blood like if you had your own church yeah if in my church of isabel what would be my body and what would be my blood to give as (laughs) communion um and so this was back in december so then at the time it was it still is my (laughs) body is a honey dijon kettle cooked chip because I don't know what they do to those things. And I feel like great as a flavor profile like I am honey dijon. Yeah you are Um, that's true. And then my my blood is a gin and tonic with Tanqueray gin. And it is. Yeah. And so just the imagery of like people going to communion at like the Church of Izzo and like they take a mouthful of a honey Dijon chip and a sip of a (laughs) gin and tonic. I was like, that's so me. Yeah. So I've been asking everybody that now for like nine months. Yeah, it's a, a while. It's a great and it's my question. Signature question, if anything. Yes, it is. And um, I should share my answer too. Yeah. But first I have to say, I also feel like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but when I picture the communion happening in the Church of Isabel and people receiving your blood, what I picture in my head is like the cocktail glass, but it's full of like herbs or like edible oh yeah flowers. i would definitely like botanicals but it would, they'd be seasonal botanicals god and they would i also yeah. and i know you said tanqueray specifically yeah because i love tanqueray. and that's fine i'm not saying that that's wrong but i also feel like there could be like a week of the year where it's like empress gin so oh, if purple. it was christmas time it would definitely be empress yeah be my mom and dad's gin ah, and there it is yeah. okay I think that's a good read on things though thank you and this is this is exactly the point <laughs> of the icebreakers it says so much um, okay, I think that my initial answer was that my body would be popcorn with olive oil and nutritional yeast and just, like, the smallest amount of salt. That's very um, signature yeast. Yeah. yeah. And I said that my blood would be 
apple juice Mm -hmm. but I don't think that that's true anymore I think that I've changed it because I actually don't drink apple juice that often I've never seen you drink apple juice I love apple juice but I do (laughs) rarely drink it because when we were kids our mom didn't really let us have juice Mm. but when she did she would dilute the apple juice with water. Same with my mom. Which, like, I think a lot of moms do that. Well, and it's and actually it, very smart because, like, hydrate the their children. would also last way longer. And, and it would. Um, and so now when I buy juice, I'm like, ooh, like, no rules. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not diluting this with water. And then I start to drink it. And I'm like, oh, it's far too sweet. <laughs> far too sweet. And then I put water in it. But then, like, it's not as satisfying. <laughs> so I really just don't buy juice. No. I like once in a while do is like a very special treat. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, ooh, that was delightful. Um, so I actually think that my real blood in the Church of Margot would probably just be peppermint tea. I was going to say peppermint tea for you. Yeah, right? Because it's like cozy. Or like the peppermint cheer shit that you drink in the wintertime. Lo- yes. Okay. And for those who don't know, the peppermint cheer is exceptional because it's peppermint vanilla. <laughs> And it's so, so yummy because it's sweet, but it's not too sweet. Like, it's still, like, refreshing. But because, okay, the thing for me is peppermint tea. I'm going to be drinking peppermint tea if I'm stressed. I'm going to be drinking it if I'm sick. I'm going to drink it if I have a headache. And I'm going to drink it if I'm in a really good mood. So I basically <laughs> need to drink peppermint tea all the time. Yeah. It's my favorite tea. It's also decaf. And I feel like I've definitely good. even seen you eat popcorn and peppermint tea together. Yo, oh, yes. And then sometimes, and this would not be my body, but... In case anybody needs snack and stuff, <laughs> I will often have like my popcorn with nutritional yeast and my peppermint tea, and then I'll have a gluten free Oreo. Yes, I have seen that. And I love having, well, okay, this is a, I guess things have changed, but I will love to have like a gluten free Oreo with peppermint tea because if you eat them at the same time, it tastes like a mint Oreo. But now they have gluten free mint yeah, Oreos, but I might still because yeah, I love it. Fun. Yeah, and if anything, the Church of Margo is going to be a place where coziness is the norm, mm. um, rather than something we strive for. <laughs> so, to me, the peppermint tea is exactly on brand. Mm. Um, okay, we have to share some of our friends' answers. Liz. Oh, wait, do Montserrat. Montserrat's is Oreos. And- Oreos. And period. then ginger ale, which I think is yeah, funny. Yeah, and it would be ginger ale. She loves ginger ale. Yeah. <laughs> I love that about her. Yesterday, she asked me... Um, because I'm a root beer girly. I love root beer. I know, me too. It gets a bad rap sometimes. But I'm not really, like, a, a soda person in general. No. But, like, if it if I am drinking soda, like, I'll drink ginger ale if I'm sick. But if I'm drinking soda, like, for shits and giggles, it'll probably be root beer or mm-hmm. nothing. Like, I don't really want it mm-hmm. if it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, which is your favorite kind of root beer? Like, the Barks, the Mug, or the A&W? And I was like, fake fan moment like I really don't know I actually just like root beer I know like I I, just, I couldn't tell you the difference I think I like A&W best that's what I said but I don't know why I feel like if I blind taste tested I would get them all wrong they would taste the same me too and I'm glad that we covered that because it makes me feel better mm. um okay Liz's answer is my favorite hers would be she said her body would be sourdough bread mm-hmm. and water <laughs> And you can't, nobody can tell me that hearing somebody say that their body and blood would be sourdough bread and water and hearing somebody else say that theirs would be a honey Dijon kettle cooked chip and a gin and tonic with Tanqueray Mm. doesn't tell you things about those two people. That absolutely tells you things. Yeah. Um, Like Liz, she's refined. (laughs) Yeah. She's simple. simple. She's homegrown. Independent. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and self-sufficient and she's not um she's not striving for excess and sourdough like is constantly regenerating itself and 
Oh my God, that's poetic. Yeah. Yeah. Much like Liz. Yes. Okay, so that's one of our favorite questions. Yeah. Stay tuned. You'll hear another one in a minute. Mm-hmm. But okay, back to gabbing. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about is just social risk taking in general. Mm. Um, because I think one of the hardest parts, um, back in my student days two months ago, three months <laughs> three ago. Three months ago, actually. Sorry. Back in my student days three months ago, I think that something that I always felt really proud of in classes would just be trying to know at least one person in each class because mm-hmm. you need to have somebody you can say like hey I'm sick I need the notes yeah. like whatever um and I think that my goal was always if I didn't know somebody in the class at the outset I would try to just turn to the person next to me on the first day or the second day and just be like hi I'm Marco what are you studying mm-hmm. and that was like somehow like at the beginning of uni when I would do that so scary Mm -hmm. and then eventually got to be a lot easier because I found that especially after COVID when everybody was like really unsure how to proceed because we were still wearing masks Mm -hmm. in class I feel like people just were so grateful to have someone try to speak to them yeah that like it couldn't really go that badly and most of the time it would end with us like exchanging phone numbers or Instagrams or some other way of communicating and like Maybe we didn't become besties, but, like, it was always nice to have someone to just know that I could reach out to if I was missing class or, like, Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, But I feel like for our generation, it is so hard to just even do small things like that. Like, just saying, hi, my name is. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people are really judgmental, too. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if it's just a UBC thing, but sometimes people are not not judgmental, but, like, just, like, closed off. I feel well, like call, I met a lot it's of... It's the West Coast cold shoulder. I know. I feel like I met a lot of people. I have met a lot of people at UBC who are, like, lower mainland kids who already have their friends going into school, and so, like, they don't need to make new friends. Mm-hmm. So I found that exhausting sometimes, which is hence why I was, like let me ask them the bold questions because they're more likely to answer a bold question Mm. Um, people can be closed off yeah people can be closed off and it's also really scary sometimes and also I think when also when I came to university I realized I hadn't made a new friend since grade five because I'd been friends with all my friends since grade five yeah and suddenly I was 18 and I was like oh my shit I have to actually make friends now Mm -hmm. which was god-awful I hated it. Yeah. I was so scared. And then it actually ended up not being the worst thing in the world, but mo- some of it is just taking the courage to actually go up and say hi. Yeah. Which is really scary. But you always feel better after doing it. It's know? true. And I feel like some of my best friends I've made that way. Like, okay, mm. very, very first day at, of uni in 2019. I go up to Sam because she's wearing Birkenclogs. Nice. And I had Birkenclogs in high school. And Miss Brooke Baker, if you're listening, she would always call them my poop shoes and <laughs> make fun of me for them. <laughs> Which, in fairness, at the time, the ones I had were brown and they did look a little turdy. But like, I thought they were, they're, they're in vogue now, but they weren't back in 2018 when I, I bought them. Um, but I love my little Birkenclogs. And it was just, like, a running joke that my friends would make fun of them in high school. And mm-hmm. so I saw Sam wearing Birkenclogs, and I was, like, an opener. And so I went over to her, and I was, like, I love your shoes. I also have Birkenclogs. And she was, like, oh, slay. And then we went she to... She probably didn't say slay. She didn't say slay. I mean, was it was 2019. Yeah, it was we didn't say slay yet. No, but she... Equivalent, she, too. 
oh cool i don't know what people said in know, they talk it's insane the history um but she and i ended up going to the frats with a bunch of people that night and we totally bonded and fast forward we've been roommates for going on four years that's so weird so like just saying hey i like your shoes i have the same ones yeah like friend for life that's insane yeah and then i think another really amazing case study would be our friendship yeah which um it's very modern day it is very modern day do you want to tell the story yeah um margo and i took spanish lit in 2021, 2021 yeah into the winter semester and we were in the same like lecture group so and we had a great it was a great group it was a, really it was a great group yeah. i actually like i really sincerely hope everyone from that group is, is doing, doing well. well yeah uh, because it was the only group that i was like i could genuinely be friends with all of you mm-hmm. um and we just had a great time and then like mid-semester margo like and margo had already followed me on instagram by this point i was like that's nice i think i followed everybody i think i was okay. like a cheeky little not to make oh. you feel unspecial you were still the most special yeah, but but i just was like because like it was online everybody. school yeah we we only knew oh, each yeah, other sorry, through zoom so i that was my way of being like let's just see it like if i can make any sort of connection yeah. with anybody or get to know anybody at all like, it was so isolating all, and the fact that we all got along really well on zoom was always like a nice thing because it was like we'd have our electric groups on fridays and then mm-hmm. read it like leave on a high i know i would look forward like, to fridays around you know, just be my bedroom yeah god it was so depressing um <laughs> But then Margo DM'd me on February 26, 2021, and was like, I What time? To- I don't know, probably like 4.37. Oh my god. <laughs> it's insane that you remember that. <laughs> because it was a Friday, and I was like making mojitos with Dana and Lula probably. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my god, it's so <laughs> Um, And she was like, I have such a friend crush on you. I just thought I'd let you know. And I was like, oh my god, I have a friend crush on you too. And you were like, let's go for coffee. And I was like, I'm not seeing anybody right now, but I'd be willing to open my bubble because I need to see somebody. And we just like hit it off. I know. And that was a sweet one because I was like, let's go get coffee. And in my head, I was like, she's probably going to be like, yeah, let's get coffee. And then we'll never get coffee. I think two weeks later or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had, we did get coffee. And we gabbed. And we gabbed for hours. Yeah. In fact. And yeah. we um, sat outside. Yeah. In the rain, I think. And now we're absolute besties and it's insane how things change. I know. Um, And I like definitely, I think in my life, you were the person I've become the closest with from being in school together, like just from literally being in a Zoom class. Yeah. Um, but I can think of so many people from classes that I've made connections with that I feel um, close to. And I don't know if it's anybody who's been on the pod yet, but there are some upcoming episodes with um, a couple of other class friends who have become really good friends, mm-hmm. which is like so exciting. Oh, Chris. Chris was a... Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, Chris was a class friend. You knew Chris from a different class. Yeah. And then I met so him when the three of us took a class, class together. On the first day of which class? And I was like, oh, oh my God. I know. And we were like, we're besties now. Instant. 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 I love when stuff like that happens. Yeah. And you never know if that's even possible with people yeah. until you actually just say hi. Yeah. And but like... I think that's why things like icebreaker questions help because someone like me, I'm very extroverted when you get to know me but I feel like first hour I'll be like like a little pistachio all closed up but as soon as I can answer my quirky little icebreaker instantly I'll Crack that tell pistachio. you anything 
Yeah, yeah. I'll literally tell you anything. So well, try to get me to shut up. <laughs> Actually, it's impossible. Um, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I feel like all of the stories I just told are examples of me, I think, at my bravest. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't like to make it seem like it can be really easy because I don't think that it is necessarily. Like people who say it is easy to make friends don't have very meaningful or have very lots of relationships, but mm-hmm. not necessarily very deep relationships. Yeah, so, I know what you mean. Um, sorry, not that they can't have deep relationships, but they just like their quantity over quality sometimes, mm-hmm. which is also fine for some people. And definitely, I think it's great to have pockets of people in all sorts of places. Oh, God, yeah. Um, but definitely it it's hard. Like you're putting yourself out there in a very real way. And I yeah. think we're a generation that is so used to connecting virtually and yeah. having our bubbles of people. And like I think obviously different places shape different experiences. Like I know my friends who have gone to smaller universities have had a much easier time because they have like small orientation groups or their dorm floors were organized by like special interests. So like Brooke in first year would go camping with like a bunch of people and now she's still friends with them um but like UBC and a lot of places aren't like that and I think if we take this outside of the school world even though this is a little back to school episode Mm. like just living in a city is like that oh god and people talk about like how do you make friends as adults um it's really hard and like because we're fucking Gen Z we have like friend bumble and shit like that which, which is not, such a weird i'm tr- not trying to knock it because no. i if it works like great like yeah everyone needs well, to just like, do what works met some friends through like dating apps and things like yeah that. and like they're some of her greatest friends yeah like so definitely like whatever works for you you have to do it but i i say that just to say we are a generation that's so conditioned to be connecting virtually that we're even adapting to making new friends in the virtual field and like there's so many people I think a little bit less our age group but like um I think people who are a bit younger than us like people who are teenagers now Mm -hmm. who connect with like friends via the internet in other parts of the world which always like I knew a few people in high school who would do that and it always scared me because I was like how do you know it's not a pedophile like across the world but you don't know how do you even like the fact that you have to like type what you're thinking you can't just like say it right off the dome yeah yeah that's weird to me i agree but not weird just not a me thing i just need to be like in person yeah gabbing right and like i think that you can have very successful and fulfilling long distance friendships um but i just think it's really interesting for our age group of people that the plane of human connection has shifted so far Mm. that i I'm not the first person to observe this, obviously, but like now it's impacting the way that we connect with people who are physically in front of us. Yeah. Um, and I, and again, different places, different patterns, I guess, but in Vancouver in particular, it's like so common for me to walk down the street and the little Oregonian I am, I, I like smile at people yeah. sometimes. And like some people will smile back, but a lot of people in Vancouver people will don't. They'll give me a weird look. They'll be like, yeah. "Why are you looking?" And or, or like in first year, I remember having my dorm door open because I remember being told. And I think maybe it's more of a thing in American schools, but like if you open your door, people just come in and out of your room and be like, "Hey!" hey. <laughs> and so I like my sweet tender heart. I had like a bag of like dum dums that I bought. And I was like, people will come into my room and I'll be like, do you want a lollipop? Let's be friends. 
Which in retrospect, I feel like the witch luring any- the kids into my I house. I don't think there's anything wrong with that logic, though. I don't think there is either. It no. was, and it's very sweet. Yeah. Um, but I remember a couple people on my floor walking by and like looking into my room at me and like making these weird faces, like, what the fuck are you doing? Ew. And I was like, oh, I'll close the door. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Being sorry for just I don't know trying something new. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, this is not the first episode about risk taking. Obviously, so mm. clearly I'm a proponent of it. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's something so valuable to be said about those kinds of social risks that we take because I truly, like at least speaking from personal experience, I can think of a lot of examples where taking a social risk paid off really well. I share those mm. already, but I can think of very few where they haven't paid off like where they've turned into something horrible yeah and even if there was like an awkward moment I'll like really doesn't matter I know I'll like tell somebody later I'll be like something silly just happened like I had a silly social failure yeah and then you move on and like life happens really not gonna matter and I always used to tell myself like is it matter is it gonna matter in five years if yes then maybe I'd take an extra thought to it but if it's not gonna matter in five minutes or five years then I kind of make myself do that yeah of whatever I'm scared yeah which I definitely was not like that in high school it's only recently that I've become so outgoing growth mindset quite yeah (laughs) um it works out and if it doesn't work out then it's not really meant for you and also if the people aren't going to pick up the vibe that you're laying down then it's really not worth your energy Mm -hmm. yeah it's true yeah and like I, I think another thing to be said is like the different parts of yourself that you show in different places and moments Mm -hmm. like you're such a different you with your parents than you are with your best friends than you are in class or at work or at the grocery store and I think it's okay to like fake it till you make it a little bit sometimes yeah definitely like to in class or in at work or wherever those settings are where maybe you're not being your truest silliest most authentic 100% you self yeah it's okay to just be like the face I'm putting on right now is like friendly and professional Mm -hmm. and that's all it needs to be and then we can go from there but like I I because I think that's something I bring that up because authenticity is something that I've struggled with a little bit like Mm -hmm. I sometimes felt with people um who don't know me super well whether that's in class or elsewhere that I think because they're only seeing me in one component of my life maybe I have a face on that's not um that doesn't fully exemplify who I want to be in the world and then I get a little insecure about like feeling then like I'm play acting a character rather than just showing up as me yeah and that can be really uncomfortable sometimes I used to struggle with that feeling a lot in first year like hanging out with people for the first time and then you'd walk away and be like whoa I did not present my authentic self or I was like nowhere near as like outgoing as I usually am but as I got older you don't like you just said you don't actually have to be your like truest you can just show one side of yourself but I remember in first year I used to like walk away from hanging out with people and I was like god I was like insufferable or like (laughs) that was just totally not how I would interact with people that I've known for yeah xyz years but if you get nervous and say things the wrong way yeah you're like well now they're gonna think I'm stupid and right. guess what like to be honest 99.9% of the time no one actually yeah think, is thinking about what you said and also if they're people worth connecting with you it will actually... have more opportunities later to prove that you aren't stupid yeah, <laughs> or exactly. whatever the thing is exactly and like 
I don't know, you can debut those facets of your personality Oh yeah, as it appropriate. And, and it also doesn't need to be in one hangout that you yeah. suddenly like solidify the friendship or relationship. Yeah. And that's different than like putting on a face and like completely acting as somebody you're not. I'm yeah. I'm not certainly a proponent of that. No. But um I think that there's just something to be said about not needing to feel like you are showing up with a hundred percent of who you are in every moment. Mm-hmm. Like I think you want to show up in a way where you feel 100% um, comfortable in who you are, but that's different than showing 100% of all of your facets. Yeah, which might not always be your exact self every time. Yeah. With time and age, you like become okay with that. I just remember at 18 being like, that was awful. I was totally not my authentic self. Yeah. And then now as I get older, I'm like, actually, I don't always want to reveal myself to everybody all the time. Because sometimes that's like special to me or I don't want to reveal myself to this one person because they're not going to appreciate it in the way that I want to be appreciated. Or Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And certainly like strangers in class. Yeah. It's a different oh ballgame. Sometimes I struggle with oversharing too. But I know I feel that way too. I yeah. often have like sh- overshare is remorse. Yeah, me too. I want to call I'm it like... buyer's remorse, but you're not buying anything. No, but I get what you mean. <laughs> um, but I'm totally comfortable with oversharing almost all the time because I love knowing what's going on in people's lives yeah. even if I don't know them and I can't tell if that's just because I'm inherently nosy but I just I I'm always surprised when I meet people who are incredibly closed off like that but also like it might if you're comfortable with it it's not oversharing it's just sharing yeah, I think it, the part that I get hung up on is like oh now you know all these things about me and I didn't get an ounce out of you in this mm. one interaction Mm. so it's like the reciprocity of it all yeah the sharing economy yeah yeah I was talking about that with someone recently mayhaps Carter talking about how like that's one way that I feel like you really connect with someone it's that I think that old joke about like the best way to become friends with a woman is to find the person that you both hate (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is like low-key true (laughs) I would say so I don't want to promote that kind of negativity but it does work um and the receipts show it for themselves but um it's true if you're vulnerable enough with someone to say like I really didn't understand that material in class or I have a crush on whoever or like whatever the thing is most of the time people will be like oh I also didn't understand that or 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 no way tell me more and I'll tell you about me next and like if you get that reciprocity then it feels like a bridge is being built so with so much with a much stronger foundation yeah like it feels like um everyone's really committing to wanting to know each other mm-hmm. which is something I think is really cool like I think at the end of the day the biggest green flag in a new social interaction is being able to tell that the person you're talking to has like a sincere curiosity about mm. who you are and wanting to know you yeah and you having a sincere curiosity about who they are and wanting to know them yeah and they're not just questions like, where were you born? What's your major? All these shit like that. Cause... Which, like, those have their moments. Oh, of course. Because sometimes you just need to set the scene. Right. But it's no but... body and blood. No. And that's why I love asking those damn icebreaker questions. Because you instantly, yeah, you literally break the ice. I think we should share another. But our Chipotle came, so I think we should pause. <laughs> okay, we had our Chipotle, and that made me think. That'd be another good icebreaker question what's your go-to chipotle order 
oh. and or insert place because it doesn't have to be Chipotle. Yeah. You could do anything, really. Mm, I'm putting it in my Taco house. Bell, Qdoba, Taco what? Time. Qdoba. Have you never heard of Qdoba? I literally don't know what that is. Oh, that might be more of an Oregon, Washington mm. thing. Mm. That might be American. Yeah, me think so. Basically, pick a pick a, a fake Mexican Mexican restaurant and ask yeah. people their order. Yeah. That's... You know why Taco Bell is called Taco Bell? Tell me. Because the white man, um, his last name was Bell. I don't know his first name. His last name was Bell. Mm-hmm. And he had like a sandwich hot dog like stand next to this very popular Mexican taco stand, like authentic tacos. Mm-hmm. And he saw how busy it was all the time. Like this was back in like the 50s. Saw how busy it was all the time and how much people love tacos. And so he like bribed the Mexican family that ran the taco stand for their recipe. No way. And then he trademarked Taco Bell. <gasps> That's like and colonialism. Yes, it is. That's really interesting. There's a podcast series I like um, called like the Foods That Made America or something. Oh, from the History Channel. Cool. I think that they're done with it. It was like a mini series, but the episodes are like 20 minutes. And each one is about like a different like popular food like they had one about subway they had one about kfc they had one about um like oreos oh wow and some of them have really crazy stories i feel like i've first of all never looked into oreo the same way ever again Mm. because it started as a cracker and then they added like chocolate to the biscuit and that's how they got like the cookie so it was like a cookie-ish Ritz cracker, yeah, and then yes, and then they add the chocolate, and then they added the cream, the, the queen, queen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think that there was more of a scandal about the queen. I don't really remember. Wow. Anyway, go listen to the episode; you'll find out. But mm-hmm. uh, the foods that made America, That's or something, something like that. I'll be listening to that. Um, okay, I think we should do another icebreaker question. I think you should do. I think you should explain to the people about dubs. Okay, this one comes from Lula, who I've mentioned a couple times throughout the pod. Yeah, your roommate. Um, Lula's my roommate, my best friend. An angel goddess on the earth. Yeah, um, she's, in technical terms, she's my brother's girlfriend. Um, (laughs) But much beyond, like, she's far beyond that. Yeah. Um, Basically, we're soul bonded. Anyways, uh, Lula came up with this one with her friend, I think. And it's basically, like, the question is, what is your dub? your w like what is your win what is something that always like works out for you but like it's never something you're consciously trying to like trying to achieve it just happens for you all the time and just because that's inherently like who you are it just happens for you so lula's dub is that her airpods are just always charged she's never been out and about and they die on her like she does charge them but they've never died on her when she needed them most just so nice and then um, her friend Riley's dub is every time he goes to jaywalk, it's always clear. Like he just walks out on the road and it's clear. He's never had to like wait for a car. He just jaywalks. It's clear. My dub is that I always have good hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you do. I actually, at least in my adult life, don't remember a day where I've had bad hair. Yes. Yeah. Always slaying. It's true. Yeah. I've actually never seen it bad. No. I'd be kind of worried if I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even on the days that I think it's bad, it's still not bad. Yeah. Um, my dub is yeah. parallel parking. Yeah. I, it's really good. I can fit in the tightest spots and most of the time I can get in on a single go. And I'm really proud of yeah. that because I used to be. I've actually don't think I've ever seen you correct it. 
thank you. First yeah. of all, I used to be really bad at parallel parking and I got really good at it. And I definitely, I mean, maybe it's not a good answer because there are times where I am consciously trying, but I feel like on the whole, I'm not usually thinking too hard. No, like I usually am just, just doing do it. it. And also you never meet a spot. You're like, oh, I probably yeah. can't. And another dub for me is like, I've driven many a car in my short life as a driver. So I've driven like Volkswagen bugs and I've driven like giant suburbans and so like I feel like I can get behind the wheel of most vehicles Mm. and on the first go I I can parallel park a car that I've just driven yeah for the first time so I'm proud of that one okay but then deeper dubs well then there's the deeper dubs which I kind of created after asking so many people this damn question um of like what is something a little bit more deeper hence the deeper dub Mm -hmm. but something that you're also just really good at it's just a natural talent of yours but it's again not anything you're striving towards so like I have a really good numerical and like date based memory I can remember things you remember mere moments ago when you remember the exact time that I sent you a message the day we before February 26 2021 it's insane um yeah I just like have a really good memory with those kinds of things yeah very good with dates and numbers yeah and I'm just good with the numbers. Um, okay, another thing I love about questions like that is that, first of all, they can inspire some vulnerability. Like, if you're talking about mm. your deeper dub, you could start talking about some things that are, like, quite personal and emotional to you. Like, mm-hmm. you have that option, but also you can talk about jaywalking. <laughs> like, yeah. you could, like, it it creates an opportunity for people to be as open as they want to be. Mm-hmm. Um rather than questions like what are you studying or whatever which don't typically lend themselves to the option of vulnerability no um which i think maybe is why people tend to like those more because yeah. they're more predictable and straightforward but again like if you're sitting down next to a stranger maybe asking them what their dub is would be a lot but if it, you're like in a club and it's like your fourth club meeting and you're trying to like make some deeper connections there like asking them a question that has the opportunity to become a deeper conversation mm-hmm. might be like a lovely way to proceed mm-hmm. and we did that um in our club sisu which mm-hmm. i have every intention of talking about in a future episode um for a variety of reasons but we had um a giant club meeting the annual general meeting with like I don't know how many people were there, like 40, 50. Um, And we split up into random groups and we asked people to share their dub. And I still remember that Amendries is having a really good eye for space and being able to put food into Tupperware containers on the first go. Yeah, that's a really good one. Like, And that's like a crazy thing to remember about someone, like those small details, you know? Um, And I just think that that's really sweet and special and helps people like really foster a lot of, connection mm-hmm. an opportunity for intimacy even if it doesn't itself foster the intimacy yeah that's a good point um i'm trying to think if there's anything else that we need to gab about around breaking the ice what do you think is your biggest challenge and your biggest success with ice breaking um well the Prior to like being really good at asking my um, icebreaker questions, 
I used to like sometimes struggle in the silence of like when you're meeting new people and you're hanging out with people for the first time and you're like you don't really know each other well enough to like be okay with silence because I'm totally comfortable with silence if I know somebody Mm -hmm. like we actually don't even need to talk but it can feel really awkward when you're hanging out with someone for the first time and like you're not really sure what you can share with them just yet because you're still like figuring out your comfort levels and so I think the greatest strength of icebreakers is like kind of like you just said it gives you like the perfect avenue to like be vulnerable and like show a side of yourself to someone um and like you can kind of just blame it on the nature of the icebreaker question you don't have to be like suddenly like oh was I coming on too strong you're like no because that was just answering the question exactly Mm -hmm. how I thought it would um and then I think sometimes I struggle because I might have mentioned this earlier, but like I'm definitely more open than some people. And sometimes I struggle with like finding the healthy balance of like what's okay to say. Okay, quotation marks, because that could be subjective to whoever decides what's okay. Um, but also sometimes you I you can kind of feel like a little sense of rejection if people don't yeah pick up the vibe that you're laying down and that can like sting a little bit. So I feel like that reciprocity can can be in less emotional senses too like I just started my job um tutoring so I've been working with a bunch of kids between the ages of like 7 and 15 and um a lot of them are ESL students so I one thing I've been trying to do is just spend time just talking to them because mm-hmm. I think that's really good ways of practicing English and I think like obviously language barrier is part of it but I also find that these kids probably because usually when you're in like a teacher-student relationship you're not really gabbing your no. teacher so I think there's probably like a little bit of a respect barrier going on there um but if I try to ask them like what did you do yesterday or like what are you doing after class today yeah they kind of don't want to talk about it and I'm no. like no tell me like it's good practice for you and also I get to know you a little bit better we're working one-on-one so yeah. it'll help me to like connect with you um and so it kind of disappointed me in my first week that I wasn't really able to make that connection but then yesterday one of my students who is 15 um she came in and said she just moved to Vancouver a couple weeks ago and she was like what are the spots that lots of people like to go to in Vancouver like will you help me write a list and my mom and I will go do them this weekend um and so we wrote a list together and then um I asked her like which of those things sounded the best to her like would you rather go to a park or a beach like questions like that and it ended up with us talking for a whole hour mm. um which is crazy because before I could barely get her to have like a two-minute conversation with me about like what did you eat for lunch yesterday yeah and so to spend an hour talking and she was telling me about the music she likes and um the differences she's noticed between living in China and living in Canada and stuff like that. To me, I was like, that's so special. First of all, like great for her learning and also like great for me to get to know her better. Um, And today in class, things felt that much more comfortable because we had that time together yesterday. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that just finding that one little niche of something that she actually wanted to talk about and then having the conversation, her realizing that I wasn't scary and she didn't Mm. need to worry about talking to me. Yeah. Like it made all the difference. I think that's the beauty of icebreakers that Mm. like it levels the playing field a little bit. Like the willingness of somebody to ask you questions like that to begin with 
just shows that they are approachable. Yeah. And I think that that's very beautiful in a way because it's like how we connect with one another. Definitely. Also, it's fun and exciting to like go to like something like a party where maybe not everybody knows each other Mm -hmm. and like you have the power to like maybe change the vibe with asking a fun question that no one's ever thought of. And then people will be talking about it all night and then you'll like, it just gives you avenues Mm -hmm. connection and all those things. And like you asked our little group of girlies what our dev was. Mm. And now that's a question that so many of us will go meet new people and ask them. I'm actually a trendsetter. (laughs) (laughs) And I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Um, Okay. I think that to wrap up this episode, we should just do some rapid fire icebreakers So I know you have the list on your phone. Yeah. And we can just give really quick answers, but I promise to the people that if they listen to this episode, they would walk away with some icebreakers that they could actually use in their back to school season. So I think we should provide. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. You ready? Like some of these are funny. Um, (laughs) Some of these I also just make myself laugh because they're, I'll be like sitting on the bus and that's when I think of them. Um, um, What color is the color of your aura? oh um yellow what's yours peachy well peachy yellow oh my god yeah yeah that like starts orange yours starts orange and mine starts yellow and ends pink i see that yeah okay um first memory of bread oh i can say mine i was four in my nan's kitchen and she had wonder bread and she put butter on it with sprinkles fairy bread god that's amazing i was four yeah it was visceral okay this doesn't totally count but can i tell you my first memory of gluten-free bread that counts. Okay, because that's my bread. I'll allow it, yeah. I think my first memory of gluten-free bread was baking bread with my dad, and he bought a bread maker because this was in an era where it was very uncommon to find yeah. really good- Gluten-free bread. And well-priced, yeah. Yeah. And so we baked a lot of gluten-free bread when I went gluten-free How in old grade five. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like so I, was certainly, I was certainly eating You're bread right. before yeah. that. No, of course. Probably my first like memory of bread period mm. would be um, <laughs> like having- Challah bread on Shabbat dinners when oh, I was like lovely, probably like two or three. I can probably remember that early. Ooh. If you could have one man's gaze to find the male gaze, who would it be? Oh. <laughs> I love that question. Mine, Stanley Tucci. Um, I don't have to explain this. No, you don't. Oh fuck me, Bill Nye, the science guy. Interesting. Why? Um, because I just feel like he's going to be a really accepting. <laughs> And also, like, he, he's a scientist, so he knows how bodies work. So he'll probably just be, like, really, like, um, practical about it instead mm. of, like, having his own. Nice. Well, I mean, I guess scientists also have bias, but that's a different epistemic question that we're not going to get into. Nice. But I just feel like he'd have less bias. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> most recent ick. Oof. You go first. Um, mohawks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Bonus razor burn yeah on a white man yeah Ooh. anyone else allowed to have it i don't care <laughs> that's fine i guess my most recent ick oh what i really don't like is if you're having a conversation with someone and you're just talking and like they're picking up what you're putting down but then they just like say nothing oh i hate that and then i'll just do this because this could be a potentially long one but this okay. is my personal favorite it's a little bit controversial okay. um but do it's diy stanford prison experiment uh choose a guard and choose a prisoner 
Can you maybe for the listener run through what the Stanford Prison okay. Experiment is? Stanford Prison Experiment was a psychology project. Yeah, I don't know. At Stanford, uh, Stanford, and the psychologists—I think they were psychologists—wanted to see like what the power dynamic was between prisoners and guards. It went awfully. It went really bad. Yeah, because um, people had some crazy power drips, and the <laughs> the prisoners did not do well. Um, they suffered for a couple of days, and then they finally called quits. Were people were they like horribly? yeah they had to like they had to like use a communal bucket for the toilet and yeah i think it was and one person tried to like use the safe word and they the words didn't listen anyways oh my god really bad but my person a lot of people don't like like, (laughs) a lot of people don't like it when i ask this question because they're like that's a weird question to ask but i want to know what would be your three prisoners and who would be your three guards they have to be famous people Okay, are we doing three or are we just doing one? Let's just do one. Well, we're just going to do one. Okay. But for those of you listening who want to recreate this yourself, you do three prisoners, three guards. For rapid fire round, we're going to do one prisoner, one guard. Okay, I kind of want my guard to be Pitbull. Oh! And I kind of want my prisoner to be... Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, let's do Pitbull Guy Fieri. Interesting. Yeah, I just kind of feel like... I knew you were going to say Guy Fieri. Did you really know that yeah, I was going to say like, that? you're going to say that for one of your answers. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know why, actually. I just kind of feel like that'd be entertaining. I like I would not make a woman be the prisoner no. because I'm a feminist. So. No. Uh, <laughs> mine would be Meryl Streep as the guard. Ooh, fuck yeah. And then the prisoner. Ooh, this is hard. I know the prisoner's hard because you don't want to imprison people, except if you don't like them. But Oh. Ooh. Um, Sarah Palin. That is a really excellent combo. I'd love to see that. That's great. Yeah. That's inspired. Thank you. That's a good one. Okay, more questions. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh some of them are a little inappropriate. That's okay. We, <laughs> I can cut them out if they're bad. I'm just gonna ask you this one. You can cut it out. Okay. Would you rather come every time you fart or fart every time you come? <laughs> uh- <laughs> definitely you want to come every time you fart (laughs) because you may as well um you may as well make a fart a nice experience (laughs) rather than ruin an orgasm i mean i don't think an orgasm would be ruined by a fart it just wouldn't be very romantic yeah i guess that's true that's if you're with someone yeah yeah well quite yeah um that's a great question thank you (laughs) um oh what do you want to raise more awareness for that's is not necessarily something that needs awareness to be risen. oh that's a so that's i a want to raise awareness for people who can't cook rice because i can't fucking cook rice i've tried rice cookers i've tried stovetop rice i've tried microwaveable rice i never get it right and i've had multiple people just tell me like mm, just toss them in the rice cooker i've tried and it's never quite good like it's never quite it i think that's really reasonable and i kind of don't want to like work on that for myself yeah so I just can't, I just can't cook rice. Okay, I have two. The first is I want to raise awareness for people who don't know how to wash their face. I mm. like, okay, I know how to wash my face. I get to the part where I'm like, I put the water in my face and then I put the soap and then I am like scrubbing and that's going really well. Yeah. But then when it's time to get the soap off with more water, I feel like I drench myself. Oh, me too. I it feel gets, like water I, gets everywhere. Yes. And I'm like, and there, it's like all over the there must be a way to, okay. And then what if, if I, I like down my arms. Yes. Yeah. If I do a face mask, 
um like not the kind that's like a peel but like the kind that you're like rubbing on yeah I end up just like sticking my face under the faucet and power washing it off I don't personally do that but (laughs) well yeah because I'm an innovator yeah um but I don't know how to wash my face and I feel like some people probably do it really gracefully and I want to raise awareness for those who don't know how um the second thing I want to raise awareness for is people who don't want to walk around barefoot um if that's fair because I am a bitch who brings a pair of socks with me everywhere I go and deliberately mm. plans my footwear based on the occasion. Mm. So if I know I'm going to someone's house, I can be wearing socks. Yeah. And I also want to say I want to raise awareness for people who have reputations for wearing socks everywhere they go, but enjoy being barefoot outside. Because I'm a bitch who will be walking home barefoot, but I will not step through the threshold of your door without, without socks. socks. That's fair. I think that's fair. Thank you. Um, and then to finish it on a nice mo- uh, note, what's mm-hmm. one thing you hope never changes about your life? Oh my God, that's so beautiful. Um, okay, I can think of so many things, but I think the thing that's calling to me in this particular moment is I hope that I never in my life am without access to trees and blue skies. Oh, that's yeah. very good. Yeah, right. That's really What's yours. Um, mine was, and I know this is not realistic because the older I get, the more I realize that people aren't necessarily destined to stay in your life forever, but I hope I never mm. lose the closeness and intimacy with the people that are in my life mm. at any given point in time. I also feel like if your wish for something to never change is just having closeness and intimacy, period. Yeah. I'm, I just don't want the, the closeness and intimacy part to change. It doesn't matter. Yeah, the people and vessel. the roster of people like changes. Cause I really struggle with that. It's heartbreaking to think that all the people in your life might not be in your life forever, which is just awful. Yeah. But at least I can have the closeness and intimacy with the people in my life, even if they're just different people all the time. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So, um, well, that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. and I feel like these were are such great questions they're so fun um thanks for breaking the ice with me ice has been melted the ice has been it's gone it's actually just it's water. actually really bleak in the current climate but oh. <laughs> anyways anyway I have a nice big glass of water mm-hmm. <laughs> um I love you I love you too and good luck to everyone with back to school season I hope it's playful and if it isn't um by end of September the sun starts to get into that autumn warm glow yeah you oh it make does some, like snickerdoodles mm-hmm. and you share like nice warm cozy meals with your loved ones oh god yeah and it starts to get dark by five which is fine but you like pop on a little movie oh. um you like knit oh it's all sounding so good it's all yeah. uphill from here baby venus is gonna leave retrograde and everything's gonna be fine and we're saying it because it's gonna happen yeah so period okay love you kisses Thank you for joining me for this episode of Soul Soup. I'll be back in two weeks, and until then, I hope you feed your soul.